Welcome everyone back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I'm coming to you mere moments after Cal, of all things, closed off UCLA, closed out UCLA season 28-18. Um, it was a miserable game to watch. Um, neither team was all that impressive. Um, but Cal was able to do what most teams have done against UCLA this year, which is move the ball pretty effectively and have a nice offensive game. Don't get it twisted in your mind. Cal scoring 28 points is basically the equivalent of USC scoring 52 or Utah scoring 49. Um, this was an explosion for them. Uh, they were balanced. Chase Garbers threw for 230. They ran for another 182. Um, and that's really the shocking one. The, the way Cal was able to run the ball against UCLA, especially late, just driving through the middle of the defense. Um, Brown Jr. having 111 yards on 18 carries. This was not a good Cal rushing attack. The, the passing attack has looked better with Garbers in there, but the rushing attack has been bad pretty much all year. So for them to do what they did um, was that was pretty bad. Um, UCLA's defense obviously missed Chris Barnes. Um, but I'm, I'm, I am fully done, uh, talking about like one random injury here or there making the entire defense look like crap. Um, that's, you, you, you can't have that sort of excuse fly, um, at the end of your second year. So, um, anyway, the defense looked, I mean, and more to the point, it was at all levels in the defense where they looked bad. It wasn't just discipline at linebacker, um, though that was definitely an issue, um, not only on the Brown runs, but on, uh, the Garbers, uh, keepers, um, just, you know, lack of, lack of, you know, gap discipline or what have you from the linebackers. Um, but the secondary was also bad again. Um, you know, Darnay Holmes, I think had a nice play on that pick, but he also had a lot of issues in coverage. Um, Rashad Williams had some major issues with Polk, uh, the Cal receiver who really hadn't done a whole lot coming into this game. Um, and, uh, you know, the safeties, I think once again, had difficulties tackling, bringing guys down. Um, there was a lot of PI in this game. Um, it was, I thought a really poor game for the secondary. I thought it was a really poor game for the linebacker uh, core. And, uh, once again, I thought the defensive line showed up early and then faded late, um, where they, you know, tipped some balls, made some energetic plays early, and then just either got worn out or, um, you know, Cal started to scheme to block them a little bit better. Um, I'll have to watch it again to make sure. But once again, it seemed like the defensive line was taken out of the game, um, towards the, uh, the second half. Um, and it just left Cal kind of doing what it wanted to in the second half. I mean, it went, um, I think there was a, yeah, there was a three drive sequence for Cal where they went touchdown on 10 plays, 83 yards, touchdown on six plays, 75 yards, and then a turnover on downs on eight plays, 40 yards, where they got it down to the UCLA 12. And then they attempted a fourth and eight from the 12 because going up by 13 at that point, I guess, didn't make a whole lot of sense to Justin Wilcox or they didn't like their kicker. Um, but I mean, that was a drive where they would have come away with points if they decided that they wanted to, you know, be up 13. So um, yeah, they were moving the ball at will, um, during that critical stage of the game, um, when they kind of took control in the third quarter and into the fourth. So that's, you know, when you're doing that to Cal, when you're giving up that kind of production to Cal, um, you've got to really start to reevaluate what your defensive philosophy even is. 
Um, and I don't think they have one. Um, I don't think this scheme is workable. Um, I think they're, I don't know. I mean, watching it, they're trying to do a lot of different things. This one was even the aggressive scheme, but it was all like, there were the, the one, I think passing touchdown for Cal. I'm trying to remember, but I think it was the screen where UCLA basically came with a zero blitz on, let me pull up, uh, I think it was the zero blitz on, um, yeah, on second and seven at the UCLA 44. And then Garbers hit Polk for 44 yards for the touchdown. Um, but they had no safeties back. Everyone was pressed within, I think, like four or five yards of the line of scrimmage. Um, it seemed almost broken, um, but whatever. Um, that was a good call by Cal. Um, pretty bad call by the UCLA uh, defensive staff. But it just seemed like they were mixing and matching things. And once again, not having a good feel for um, for Cal and what they were trying to do. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a really bad, uh, defensive performance. Um, and then offensively, you know, I, it wasn't great. I don't think Dorian Thompson Robinson was super sharp. Um, he had, you know, a bunch of sacks again where he, you know, probably didn't need to take a sack. There was one where he was rolling out to his right and it was good play, good play, good play right up until it was a very bad play when he took the sack. If he'd just dumped the ball out of bounds, it would have been completely fine. Um, he was making those sorts of decisions a lot, um, on the night. Um, but he also, he had some good plays. Um, it's just kind of another one of those up and down ones for him. Um, the touchdown throw to Jalen Irwin was good, uh, where he had to make the decision on the RPO to kind of throw it, uh, past the, the blitzing corner. Um, so that was good, but there was a lot of bad too. Um, Joshua Kelly was held largely in check by Cal. Um, they were again loading up to stop him. Um, and UCLA couldn't quite make them pay enough in the passing game. Um, but there was, I mean, there was some good stuff. I mean, the connection between Thompson Robinson and Devin Asiasi early, especially was really good. Chase Coda was doing a good job. Um, he was, uh, he was, um, I mean, up until he got dinged up a little bit late, I thought he was having a really nice uh, game, you know, kind of hitting those uh, little throws on the sideline and turning them into something. Um, UCLA was utilizing the screen game a ton, um, just like little wide receiver screens, um, but that seemed to take advantage of UCLA having a little bit more size at receiver um, between Coda and Asiasi. Um, uh, <clears throat> but ultimately, uh, it didn't really matter that much. Um Trying to think if there was any, it was a, I mean, kind of a remarkably boring game, um, as so many UCLA games have been over the last four years, especially, um, you know, it was, I think that the, just kind of the air got kind of taken out of the game, especially in the second half. I think there were only one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten meaningful drives total in the second half, um, which is, you know, a little bit, a little bit low. Um... So yeah, uh, anyway, I mean, UCLA finishes the season four and eight. Um, so that makes them seven and 17 under Chip Kelly. Um, I think we went through it last week or, you know, just at different points over the last year, but that is pretty much the worst two year stretch for UCLA football basically ever, um, since they were the Southern branch of the university of California. Um, so that's basically in 95 years, it hasn't been this bad. Um, and, I'm of the opinion at this point, it's again, it's at the end of two seasons. So that's two full recruiting cycles in. 
plus you've now had a full season to develop. You've had two full seasons to develop that first class and a full season now to develop that second class. And this is what we're seeing. Um, a team that basically regressed badly down the stretch. Um, you know, they had that nice three-game winning streak, which is turning out to have been against um, pretty bad Stanford, pretty bad Colorado, and mediocre ASU. Um, and then aside from that, it's been a really horrible season. Um, walking out of this one, I think you have to almost feel worse than you did coming out of the previous season because three, the three and nine year ended with, um, what was it? Competitive game against ASU win over USC competitive loss to Stanford to end the season. I can't even remember was last year. Did they beat ASU? Let's see. Let's check. Um, but regardless, uh, it's the the feeling at this point is you know well there's you can basically say that the offense achieved at about the same level this year as it did last year. I mean, when you look at the stats in total, yeah, so it was close loss twenty eight thirty one to ASU, followed by thirty four twenty seven to USC, followed by forty two forty nine to Stanford. This year, it's instead of that, 49 to 3 to Utah, 52 to 35 to USC, and now 28 18. Um, so, three, you know, double digit losses to close out the year. Um, sorry. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I mean, when you're looking at it, you would have to say that the, um, the offense is more or less at the same level it was last year. I think they're going to finish at like a, 50-ish rating in terms of offensive efficiency, in terms of the SP plus that I always cite. Um, but it doesn't look as good at the end of the year as it did last year. Um, and then defensively, it's been basically the same thing throughout both years. Um, it's going to be a maybe fringe top 100 unit, um, but really close to being out of the top 100. Um, and that's just, you know, you can't, you can't expect to have a, to form a winning program based on that. But um, the lack of discernible improvement at this point um, is a major concern. Um, the lack of, you know, substantial player development. Um, when you're looking at the secondary, um, I mean, what I'm seeing is player regression, um, which is a bad sign about coaching. Um, these guys weren't this bad last year. Darnay Holmes wasn't didn't look like this last year. And I know he might be playing a little bit dinged up, but he didn't look this bad last year. Elijah Gates took a major step back. Um, you know, Blaylock, we saw him in bits last year, but he didn't look like this. Um, I think there's been some real regression across the board in the secondary um, and no, no major progression at other levels of the defense to make up for it. Um, I won't say that the linebackers regressed. I thought Barnes was a little bit better this year. Didn't see much out of Toa Um, but I thought Barnes was a little bit better this year. Um, the defensive line, I don't think we saw the leap from Antonio Maffi that we were thinking might happen, um, but we saw some other guys emerge, so maybe it's a wash. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, the defense is basically the same thing. Um, one, you know, two two full seasons in. Um, so all of that's to say, you know, it's, it's obviously a major disappointment to be at seven, seven, seven and 17, 
uh, two years into Chip Kelly at UCLA. Um, no one uh, would have expected that coming into uh, the Chip Kelly era. And, you know, you, you can still look ahead um, at next season and say the record at least should be better. Um, and there's reasons to think the the roster will be better as well, um, if only because all of these, you know, sophomores who are contributing right now are going to be juniors, um, and all the juniors, seniors, and so on and so forth. And it's a small graduating class of seniors, so the thinking is, well, they'll they'll be better. Um, and that's certainly true. I mean, I think they will be. I mean, they improved, I think, well, they. I don't, I don't know how much they'll have improved in terms of, like, actual, um, you know, efficiency metrics or anything like that, but they went from three and nine to four and eight. And next year's schedule is a lot weaker than either of these first two schedules. So I think six and six is probably reasonable um, to think that they'll achieve, even if basically nothing improves um, in terms of their actual offensive production or defensive production, just because the schedule is a little bit worse. Um, But I think, you know, it's, it's now where you got to start thinking, okay, well, what what would have been reasonable to expect for the third year under Chip Kelly versus, well, what's actually going to be the, the projection for next year? Um, because I think anybody would have said, you know, Chip Kelly in his third year at UCLA should be 10-2 and two in that third year. Um, and I think going into that year, we're going to be saying, well, you know, if a th- few things break right, UCLA might go 8-4. and four. Um, So, yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's a interesting time. Um, we're going to see how UCLA closes out in terms of recruiting, uh, here down the stretch. Um, obviously they got a nice little boost, I think from those three wins in a row. Um, but the, uh, the last, uh, three games certainly won't provide much of a boost. So we'll see if that momentum from those, uh, those three wins can carry them through, um, and still secure some decent talent for the rest of this class. Um, but it'll be interesting to monitor. And uh, yeah, so that's about it for me. Um, four and eight, not great, um, but uh, maybe things will improve in recruiting and then maybe the roster will improve and maybe they can go, you know, and have an actual good record next year. We'll see. All right, I'll talk to you all later.